Hi, folks. It's Scott back at you with, I believe, episode three, season two of Around the Bay Sailing Sundance. Uh, it's a cold and blustery day here in March on the East Coast, much like most of the eastern half of the U.S., for sure. It's March the 12th. We had 15, 60 degree weather last week, actually up into the 70s. And today it's snowing, raining, sleeting, hailing, 32, and just raw out there. I went down to the boat a little while ago. I was going to try to get some stuff done on it, but it's a little too cold in there for me to be messing with it right now. So uh, I came back. I thought today uh, I'd talk a little bit more about uh, our boat which is a 1986 CNC 35 Mark III. So CNC yachts have building, uh, building, been building um, some really great boats, really fast boats, uh, since 1969, basically. Um, a couple of fellas, uh, George Cuthbertson and George uh, Cassian, uh, got together. Uh, one, I think one was a design engineer, one was an architect, um, something along those lines. Like I say, I, I don't know all these These facts may be a little off. I'm not an expert on it. I know a fair amount about the boats, uh, but the, the exact details I may have a little wrong here, but uh, I digress. But yeah, they got together and they've been, uh, they were very uh, forward-thinking folks. They, um, they had some really innovative ideas. Uh, for that era as far as boat building goes, which today is more commonplace uh, pretty much everywhere as far as court halls and court decks and things like that. They, um, you know, these were the, the, these were the days of innovation from the old style of, you know, solid fiberglass hulls and solid, or solid fiberglass decks to a court hull and a court deck. Cord is what I'm trying to say there. Cord deck, uh, amongst other things, which greatly reduced the uh, the weight of the boats. Uh, I believe just being probably just as strong. Um, that's probably up for debate, but in my mind, uh, you know, a lot of the folks are doing. Most everybody does that these days, so they're all well built, solid boats. Uh, but anyhow, uh, like I say, they had plenty of great ideas as far as that's concerned. They were a Canadian-based company. And uh, there's a um, uh, there's a race between nations, uh, sailing race between nations, much like the America's Cup and a few other cups around the world called the uh, Canada's Cup. And it's basically between the U.S. and Canada. It's sailed on the on the Great Lakes, and I think it's every year they have this. Uh, could be wrong there, but um, I would say that. For years, uh, at that point, this was nineteen, I believe, nineteen seventy-eight. For the years running up to nineteen seventy-eight, the U.S. had had the cup for a few years, and um, there was a fellow by the name of Don Green. Uh, no relation to uh, Don Green, that where I keep my boat at Bay Boat Works, or maybe could be wrong there too. But anyhow, he decided he wanted the Canada's Cup back in Canada, and spare no expense bend and shift every possible sailing rule you could possibly do and make me a boat that's fast so uh, the two uh, Georges got together and they designed a boat and they built a boat they named it Evergreen and Evergreen just 
tore up the racing circuit there for they were uh, uh, quite a few years uh, back in the late 70s into the early 80s um, just a really fast really agile boat uh, very strong very light um, so yeah did really well uh, one he did win the Canada's Cup back for them uh, that year uh, he went on to the Southern Ocean Racing Circuit won a bunch of races down there um, and actually, uh, 79 Fastnet race where they had the, um, basically the hurricane blow through the fleet and it was, uh, on many levels, a disaster, uh, many levels. It was a lessons learned for, um, the ocean racing sailing folks. And still to this day, there are plenty of stories, uh, you can go out and read, uh, about that particular race. Uh, but anyhow. Uh, they did really great, uh, really great uh, with this boat, Evergreen, which really um, cinched up, you know, the the uh, CNC's legacy on the uh, the boat market, or the sailing sailboat market, I guess I should say. Um, at one point in time, CNC yachts supplied fifty percent of the Canadian market and twenty percent of the U.S. market. That's kind of crazy, man. Half the uh, half the boats sold for a period of time there in Canada were CNC yachts of various sizes. I've probably mentioned before that um, I did two races on a CNC. I believe it was a thirty-eight. A friend of mine had um, the Governor's Cup. Uh, race they have every summer here in Maryland uh, starts off of uh, right off of Annapolis at 6 p.m. on a Saturday night or Friday night and runs south down the bay to St. Mary's City where St. Mary's College is which is uh, just off the bay uh, when you make the turn to go up the Potomac so it's pretty much an overnight race um, so I did that twice we did pretty good on the race and I just loved how the boat sailed I mean when the wind pipes up it's like it's like it's on railroad tracks you know and i was really impressed by that so a big long story uh shorter i ended up with my boat uh which i had uh, gotten through um well it was it was uh, it was a total and i bought it and i've restored it so we'll just go with that at this point but anyhow I digress. It's a 1986 CNC uh, 35 Mark III. I might mention that uh, my boat is a centerboard model, which I'm not sure how many of those they made. Uh, I've not seen another one, uh, be honest with you. So, uh, you know, maybe a little bit rare. Who knows? Um, so let's just run through the sailboat uh, data, data on it. Hull type is a... Um, fiberglass with a spade rudder masthead sloop uh, we all knew that length overall is 34 feet 0.67 yeah 34.67 feet length of the water line is 28 feet it's got a beam of 11.2 feet and a total sail area of 573 square feet draft maximum is 6.1 feet so as i mentioned mine's a centerboard model so uh with the board down it's 6.1 feet uh with the board up it's just a little over four feet displacement of 10,828.25 pounds with a ballast of 4,500 pounds uh, that gives it a sail to area displacement of 18.8 
ballast displacement of 41.57. Construction fiberglass, ballast type is lead. First built in 1982. The last was built in 1987. So there was one more year after our boat um, that they built the uh, CNC 35 Mark III. The designer was Robert Ball, who worked for uh, the Georges at CNC Yachts. Uh, Has a little Yanmar 3GM30 Foxtrot in it. Nice little engine. Uh, diesel engine holds 20 gallons of fuel. Uh, let's see, comfort ratio of 22.41. I I was actually sitting here the other night trying to figure out if that's really good or or not. I think it's I think it's okay. I'm trying to get my head around what exactly that means. That and the capsize screening formula of 2.02. So there you go. Uh, the I on my rig is 46.3 feet. The J is 13.6, the P is 41.3 feet, and the E is 12.5 feet. Uh, the foresail square area is 314 square feet, and the mainsail is 258 square feet, with a total 100% four in the main triangles of 572.97 square feet. Maximum height from the the waterline is 50.5 feet. Uh, I often wonder, you know, we have a uh, over on the Susquehanna Bridge. We, there's a railroad bridge over there. I think the clearance is 54, 53, or 450 feet. I'd love to get my boat under there and head up the Susquehanna towards Port Deposit at some point in time. Um, it's probably waiting for a good low tide to do it, maybe because of the uh, um, the antenna and whatnot, whatever on top. So, um, but yeah, so that's kind of it in a nutshell as far as sailboat data goes. If I really had my stuff together, I'd have the the uh, hull number so I could tell you um, what number hull it is from the uh, thirty five Mark three era. I, I assume it's later, obviously, because they only uh, they only made the boats for one more year after mine was um, produced. So, uh, yeah, I guess I should look that up and report that at some point. It's a very traditional boat. And when I say that, I mean, for one thing, everything on it is manual. Uh, there's no push buttons to do anything. Um, you know, I, I, we do sailing charters here on the bay with it. And uh, everybody works. There's grinding to do for trimming and raising the sails. I mean, even, you know, the head's manual. Everything's manual on this boat. It's a it's a beautiful teak interior. Um, it's it's a, well, it's it's a bit it's a bit thin compared to what the modern boats look like below these days especially some of these you know these bigger benetos and whatnot that you know have the two helms and they're you know 18 feet wide 16 or 18 feet wide whatever they are uh so yeah but it's it's really comfortable for my wife and i uh as far as i'm concerned anyway the head is forward on the port side uh just behind the v-berth uh with a hanging locker just across uh the passageway to from the from the head um just after that is the uh, settee with a dinette on the port side and a nice long settee on the on the uh, starboard side so you can stretch out on if you'd like um 
And then moving back from that, on the port side aft is the galley. And on the starboard side aft is the uh, nav table. And then behind the nav table is a quarter berth that I'm pretty sure, much like most everybody else that has a quarter berth on their uh, on their boat, it's it's a storage area for life jackets and foul weather gear and whatever else you know, coolers, uh, noodles for floating in the water, swim toys, all that good kind of stuff. Um, because if you move on the opposite side. Um, port aft just behind the galley would be uh, an outside locker accessible through the cabin or through the cabin <laughs> through the cockpit uh, nice deep locker though that's where my uh, water heater currently is my uh, my water pump was underneath the uh, the galley sink the galley sink I moved it out of there and moved it back into the uh, uh, into the cockpit locker which was just a whole lot easier for me to get in there and work on it than underneath the sink. The sink's fairly crowded. Um, so, yeah, the water heater and my uh, my water pump and accumulator are in the uh, cockpit locker now. There is a nice shelf there. Um, you know, you put, your, put stuff on, and then in that locker is the side panel for... Uh, removing for access to the engine so you can get into the... Um, the fuel filter, um, more or less the air filter, the back of the motor, and the front of the fuel tank, I guess I should say. Um, as in most boats, the you pop the um, the saloon steps out, and you, you get to the front of the front of the Yanmar from there. I'm sort of into a two-year project of uh, painting the deck topside. Uh, and actually, for the most part, it's done. I think um, I think I'm going to go over it a little bit more this year. Uh, I will be very honest with you and say that I I, um, I use the Rust-Oleum uh, boat paint that you can buy from Lowe's, as opposed to buying some of the more expensive um, product out there. But I will tell you, I mean, for here on the bay, it's you know it really works really well. I'm I'm real happy with it. Um, I do want to paint the hull. You know, it's the original gel coat on the hull, and it's in good shape, actually. Um, there's been, over the, you know, the, the history of the boat, there's some bangs and whatnot on the starboard side, probably from against a dock or, you know, on a raft up, you know, somewhere in its life where maybe a storm blew up or something and did some scratching and some people did some patching. So the, the gel coat in a few places is just just a, a shade off. And if I guess if you're if you don't know what you're looking for, you probably won't see it. But I, I you know, I know it's there. So I see it. So, again, would like to paint the hull. I'm looking at some total boat product for doing that. I don't know that I'll do that this year, quite honestly. Um, it's been a pretty heavy maintenance uh, rebuild cycle for the past six or seven years this year. Not so much. I mean, it might be, um, might be just touch a few things up, you know, here and there, and um, and go sailing. I did. I redid the uh, cabin sole last year. Um, some of, for the most part, it was in pretty good shape, but some of it was delaminating. had had, had gotten some water in it, so um, I put down. Uh, I I cut out uh, new plywood, and I used teak. I used teak underlayment. Um, for the for the cabin sole and varnish that, uh, I think it came out okay. I, I I think my biggest issue there was 
I probably have a few more coats of varnish on a couple of pieces of the floor than I do a couple of the other pieces of the floor, and the color's a little bit off. So I might look at this year at a... Probably need some touching up anyway. Oh, well, I'll sand that down and uh, put some more varnish on it and see if I can get everything to even up a little bit. Uh, being a being a, uh, a centerboard model, the, the bilge is very, very shallow. So I actually have to use one of those rule 90-degree um, pumps under the under the uh, under the cabin sole to, you know for bilge pump and it there's I there's not really any good place to put the pump I think I've I found a better place than typical to place it but you just you never really get all the all the water out of it I would you know and my old Catalina and my old hunter had a bit of a uh, above the keel, it had a bit of a sump that you know. At least if there's water in there, it's it's down in that sump. In this case, the water you know you might get a half inch of water all over you know uh, in the in the bilge, which I'm sure I could kind of rig something else up to to pull that out on a regular basis, or you could just do a, a wet dry vac. But you know it's a it's a it's a keel mounted um, mass, so. And I don't think the mast is sealed very well, so you know when it rains hard, it comes through and runs into the bilge and uh, and uh, you know that sort of thing. So um, that's a little bit of a I don't want I don't want to say that's a design flaw. That's that's just something that's something you got to keep up with. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, I had redone all the cushions a few years ago. Uh, might be time to do that again. I had bought myself a sewing machine, and the cushions there that are in there now are on leather, like Rev Rev Three, which don't look too bad. Actually, you know, as my sewing skills get better, <laughs> the uh, you know I, I, maybe I should try to redo them again. And and I think I'm I'm pretty handy with it now, so they would probably look a whole lot better. Um, if I did that, so I don't know, might be something to work on this year. Uh, we do want to put a, we want to redo the Bimini. I did a sort of my own handmade Bimini, which is okay. Again, okay. Uh, it doesn't look great. Um, might get somebody to take a look at that. I'd, I'd like to put a Bimini on it and then, um, just a, sh uh, it doesn't have a Dodger, but I do want to get a, a piece of, uh, a piece of, uh, sombrella over the cockpit to keep the sun off the the passengers when we're in like in mid-august and july and august and early september gets a bit um the sun's a bit intense and a lot of the folks that i have on charters they're they're really not boaters by definition so they just they want a day out on the on the river and uh you know if you're not ready for that sun or you're not used to that sun it can beat you up pretty good so that's uh that's you know that's on the list the sails when I when I when I when I purchased the boat, the sails were not with it. The previous owner, when he made the deal with the insurance company, must have bagged up the sails and took them with him. I, so uh, I had bought some used sails from Bacon's in uh, Annapolis, which have been really good. Uh, I got a really nice deal from them. The sails fit really well. They they sail really well. It, it doesn't sail as fast, I'm sure, as the boat possibly could go, but. Um, I've been talking to those folks down there about putting a new, you know, cruising, uh, coastal cruising main on it, maybe um, this year. Take a look at that. Uh, the the jib I have is a working jib. It's a hundred, about 105 percent, but really high foot, 
uh, high, high cut foot. So I actually like that here on the river because there's so much traffic, so much boating traffic around it. You know, I, I'd hate to have like a deck sweeper type, you know, or something like that on the front of me because I just, I, I, I like the fact that I can see what's going on around me in front of me all the time, the way it's cut. So that works out really well, I believe. Oh, I'd like to mention also that my rig is a steel rod, which this is the first uh, sailboat that I've had that's been rod rigged. Everything else um, up to this point has been wire, but um, it probably needs some attention. I I did take it. I had the mast down two seasons ago and took all the uh, rod down to uh, Annapolis and have it it looked at by... um, one of the riggers down there and uh from what they could see everything looked good on it i'm sure if i was going offshore or or something or racing it hard or or something like that that it would definitely be you know top of the list to uh, to replace however for just the bay sailing that i do you know winds i mean i don't take passengers out and if the winds are over 15 knots anyway um so, you know, I keep my eye on it. Uh, we inspect it every year, you know, before putting it in. Uh, so, hey, it's still working good. All of that being said, in a nutshell, that's, uh, that's Sundance, our 1986 CNC 35 Mark III centerboard model. Great, uh, great boat. Had it now for, this will be our eighth year. I believe it's our eighth year of, of owning it, uh, and plan to keep her until uh, I don't want to sail it anymore, or I can't sail it anymore, one or the other, <laughs> whatever comes first. Uh, but anyhow, hey, thank you for uh, uh, for tuning in to the podcast. Uh, you can reach me at uh, scott at comesailwithme.net. That's my email address. My website is comesailwithme.net. I'm on Facebook under... Um, Sundance Sailing Charters. We're on Instagram. I guess Instagram and Facebook are pretty much all the same thing anymore anyway. And Twitter, although under Sundance Chesapeake, but I don't, uh, I don't know. Twitter's not a big thing for me. I, I just can't quite, I don't know. I don't see the point, quite honestly. But yeah. Um, hey, if you're in the Mid-Atlantic uh, area, come sail with us. You know, around Maryland, Delaware, uh, the Southern PA. We're here on the Northeast River. Um, we run, we run charters out of Charlestown, uh, Charlestown, Maryland at the Wellwood Marina. The Wellwood Yacht Club is, uh, check that out. That's, uh, that's been around forever and ever too. Great, great history there at the Wellwood Yacht Club for sure. In the little tiny town of Charlestown, Maryland, which at one point was going to be the capital of Maryland earlier on. Uh, until they uh, storm and opened up a deep water port south of us, which is now Annapolis, and they decided to move the ca- or build the capital there in Annapolis. So a little history there for y'all. But uh, anyhow, again, thanks for uh, tuning in. Uh, shoot me a comment if you'd like. Uh, tell me I probably got one or two of these facts wrong because a lot of the stuff I'm just doing off the top of my head. Um, help me out with that. Uh, if you could give me a thumbs up like, you know, on iTunes or your favorite podcast aggregator, that would be awesome. Again, thank you so much. May the good Lord take a liking to you and uh, come back and see us again.
Hey everybody, it's Scott, and uh, coming to you from aboard Sundance on our mooring in the Northeast River in Northeast Maryland. Um, we're sitting about 200 yards off of what used to be called Jackson Marine, Jackson Marina. Uh, it was at one point it was Galahad, I believe, but maybe Nomad now. Um, been a lot to keep up with. But um, yeah, pretty breezy, breezy day out here. We got about mm, 13 to 15 steady out of the north, northwest, which is uh, kind of cool. You might hear the halyards slapping a little bit and a little bit of wind noise in the background. But I'm out here uh, working on the boat a little bit. Um, had to redo my kitchen drain. Um, it had cracked. It's just a PVC pipe. A kitchen sink drain, I should say. It's just PVC pipe and one of the fittings cracked and it was leaking. We need to get that sort of stuff leaking into the bilge. It, it gets stinky. So um, I was out here. I bought a, um, a sink drain kit from Lowe's, and it actually fits because I was really, I was, I was really kind of worried that this was some sort of a metric deal, uh, being a Canadian boat and all. But everything kind of lines up and fits. So uh, although I'm too fitting short uh, to finish it, well, I'll stop over at Lowe's and pick that up tomorrow and finish it this weekend. But yeah, uh, we're out on the morning. Uh, we've been in a couple of weeks now. Hmm. Two weeks before Memorial Day, I guess it was. Um, we went in. Um, had have done a couple overnighters. Uh, one to Carrick Cove. No, yeah, Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, that's right. Um, we did. Um, I had to do a um, had an MC a car show on Saturday of Memorial Day, and then of course it rained a bit here in Maryland. Saturday afternoon, but Sunday and Monday were just beautiful. So uh, we went just up the uh, down the river a little bit, about a, two miles maybe. Uh, our frequent spot uh, we like called Kara Cove, and we threw the hook there and um, had some visitors. My good friends Fred and Carla stopped by on their uh, center console uh, sea hook that they bought. Uh, beautiful blue. I, I forget what color they said it was. But um, we haven't caught up with them for a while now, so uh, we sat out there and talked for a bit. Um, there was a raft up going on back behind us on the uh, on the sandbar. Uh, the Rosazos and uh, their their family and their friends here, mostly from Bay Boat Works, where um, that's actually uh, I'm on a Bay Boat Bay Boat Works mooring here. Um, that's our home marina right now. Um, but we've made plans. We've got some good plans this summer. Um, we're going to stay here for June, um, doing some charters. I've already done uh, one charter. I did one charter last weekend. I've got one scheduled for this Sunday uh, evening. Uh, so we're doing. We got a couple. I, I think I got six so far uh, scheduled around here. So um, we're going to stay around here for June and uh, do some chartering here on the Northeast River. Then we're going to take the boat over to the Sassafras often said and often voted the most beautiful river on the uh, Chesapeake Bay and it is gorgeous it's a long ride up through there on a sailboat but yeah it is it is gorgeous very deep water too that's a good thing it's really deep all the way up to the all the way up to the top so we're going to take it over take the boat over there to a place we've been before in our old powerboat called Duffy Creek Marina and we're going to stay there for a month and that we're really looking forward to that 
Uh, we're right by what would be the old Granary Restaurant and the Granary Marina, which now is called the Fish Whistle. Uh, we're in uh, walking backwards distance from the Fish Whistle in a straight line, but of course, there's a few docks and a few uh, some water in the uh, in between us there, so we'll have to go up and obviously walk around. But yeah, we're really looking forward to being over there um, for a month. We're going to stay over there the month of July. And then we're going to move the boat to Rock Hall, uh, another favorite spot of ours. Um, we're going to stay down there the month of August, which I've been wanting to do that for years now. I mean, I love it on the Upper Bay up here. It's cool having the boat virtually seven minutes from my house. I mean, hop in the truck and seven minutes I'm here. Um, but you know, it's a slog for us to get down to the mid bay. It's a, it's an all day trip motoring, you know, and that's not even counting if we sail, which way, because the winds typically out of the south for most of the summer anyway. So it seems like every time we want to go there, the winds out of the south, and I just don't feel like beating into the wind for 14 hours or whatever it would take us to get down there. So yeah, we're uh, we're going to Rock Hall which puts a bunch of cool places um, within reach. You know, a day sail for us being Annapolis and St. Michael's, Cambridge a little further. We got the whole um, Kent Narrows, you know, in there, the Big Al Tiki Bar and Red Eyes. and um, We can go right back up the bay a little bit to Tolchester. It's only about an hour away. Um, the Magathies straight across from us. Then we got Baltimore, the Patapsco on up into Baltimore. Hartmiller Island uh, is pretty much straight across from us. So, yeah, we're uh, really looking forward to that as well. So it's going to be a very cool summer, I think, uh, sailing-wise. Um, and then uh, probably September, uh, bring the boat back up here and finish the season out, finish the fall out up here. Unless we... Uh, Unless we absolutely fall in love with somewhere we're going and just make plans for next year. It's probably, uh, I don't know, Rock Hall is probably an hour, 15, maybe 20 minute drive for us from here. Something like that. Um, but my whole point was, and my wife's not real big on the ride home. We've always said that, you know, it's nice having the boat right here. So we can, you know, we can stay out late Sunday night and pull the boat into the marina here and be home and 10 minutes easy but um you know it takes me an hour pretty much just to get down to turkey point from here and then you know from there for wherever it's it's just a we're pretty far up the bay here so um an hour 20 hour 15 hour 20 maybe an hour 10 on a good day um it's worth a ride to me uh, to get down there uh, if you've ever been to rock hall it's a great great little town i think uh um um, my buddies on Sailing the East Coast podcast kind of mentioned that it was it was a town with one blinking light. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good description. Um, it's a town that's got more boats than people. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I believe they might have said they may have said that as well. But yeah, some very cool restaurants down there. Um, lots of you know water type stuff. There's a lot of watermen that uh, ride out of there and work out of there and whatnot. And some really super nice marinas uh, all over the place. So, um, yeah, we'll head down there, see what's happening down there. Come back up here in the fall. 
Um, probably going to do, I know I'm going to do a little bit of char- chartering over on the, um, on the Sassafras. I've got one customer lined up that wants to go over there. That's, um, kind of a new piece of water for us chartering. We've, we've been up there numerous times, but pretty much every time we've been up there, it's been, you know, a destination thing. Let's get there and then let's turn around and go home. Actually, there is one place, um, <laughs> it's, it's actually called the end of the world. It's off Mount Harmon Plantation. We've been over there twice now, uh, anchoring and, uh, really nice up in there. Uh, a lot of, um, a lot of jet skis and whatnot, uh, heading out in the morning. Not really in the anchorage though so much. Uh, they're pretty much everybody that goes by is, you know, heading on down the river to Boys Creek or Turner Creek or somewhere like that. So, um, but yeah, uh, we love it up there. It's literally called the end of the world. Um, you could look it up. It's, uh, the Mount Harmon plantation. Um, it's got some cool beaches, you know, around there. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a public, uh, I guess it's almost, I guess you could say it's a park. Um, so, uh, but yeah, got some cool beaches, some stuff to look at, nice tours, beautiful scenery. So, uh, check that out sometime. Um, but yeah, uh, it used to be a place called Ordinary Point that everybody used to go boating to, boating at, I guess I should say, it's better English. Um, but I don't know how long it's been now. It's been a few years. Uh, they put riprap around Ordinary Point to kind of hold down the erosion and all the nice sandy, shallow water that used to be there. I guess it's no longer there. You don't see anybody kind of anchored out there anymore. Um, so I'm not sure why, exactly why that happened, but I know it had something to do with them placing the riprap around, trying to cut down on the erosion. But, you know, you can, uh, you're can you heading on that, down the Sassafras. You have uh, Turner Creek on the, um, on the eastern shore side there, right across from Ordinary Point pretty much. And if you go down a little bit more uh, south, uh, Lloyd's Creek, which has always been a kind of a a big hangout for folks it's changed a lot when we used to go down there there was one cut you went through had a big giant rope swing out over the water off a huge tree that that thing must have been that line must have been 60 feet long up to the limb or more i mean it was pretty amazing to swing out over the water it was deep water so you could swing out over the water and let loose and flip and flop and fly you know into the water but I think that closed up at some point uh, or it shallowed up with one of these storms over the past few years. And now there's another opening a little further south than, than the original. I haven't been down there in this boat. Um, uh, yeah, I, maybe that's something uh, put that for a destination one of these weekends in July, I guess. We'll have to go back and check that out. Anyhow, that's sort of the plan for the summer. As far as the boat itself, uh, knock on wood. Um, I'm happy. She's. I didn't do a whole lot of work to it over the winter, to be honest with you. Um, I had most of the work the past few winters. We, we've done a fair amount to it. But this winter was pretty low maintenance other than the typical engine, you know, engine stuff and all the regular maintenance items that you have to go through um, in the spring and the fall. But um, I'm trying to get this bimini straightened out. I I made, I did, um, <laughs> so I bought a Singer sewing machine, kind of a heavy duty sewing machine because I'm too cheap to buy a sale rate just yet, but I'm, I'm quickly becoming convinced why people do that. 
Um, and it works okay. I mean, it works okay with, with the Sumbrella. I, I made a, I made a Bimini last year. Uh, it was very functional. It just looked like hell. Um, and it's a it's a navy blue Bimini, and I used white thread, which was really a mistake for me because you can just see how crooked I sew. Um, so I was down at Bacon's a couple of weeks ago, and I bought some more Sumbrella. This time I'm going with Captain Navy because that's the color of the sail cover we bought last year. And I bought some uh, some dark thread, some black thread, so it's not so noticeable how bad I sew. But, I mean, this one's fairly functional. It's not cut real well. I'm, I'm looking at it now. I mean, uh, I came out yesterday and made some chalk marks on it, and uh, I got to take it back down and try to reinvent the wheel here. I probably should just um, cut my losses and call my local... Uh, sailmaker up and get him to do this for me but i'm uh i'm uh persistent if nothing else and tenacious so i'm gonna i figure i'm gonna make this thing work one way or another and then when, once i get the bimini made um i want to make a filler piece between the front of the bimini because the bimini really just kind of shades the captain or who, the, who's whoever's at the helm that's pretty much all the bimini uh, currently shades but when I have customers on and it's, you know, the middle of the summer and, and it's hot and muggy and very sunny, um, I, I, need to, I need to put a filler piece in. So I, I, um, I got a piece of uh, stainless steel tubing last year and I, I have it bent, bent and mounted to the uh, cabin top. And uh, once I get the spimity sorted out, then I'm going to uh, cut a piece of Sombrello to kind of attached to the front of the bimini that goes pretty much over top of the hatchway uh, coming into the boat we, we don't have a dodger i i'd probably like to have a dodger someday but here on the chesapeake bay i i don't really see i mean sometimes it's worth it i can see that every once in a while you know with bad weather but for the most part um it does get so hot and muggy that i, I want to keep the the air moving you know over the boat and over me as we are moving so um a Dodger, eh, maybe, maybe next year. Put that on the list as well, you know, and tie this all together. Um, because, I mean, we do sail into November. Well, at least we sail through uh, Halloween anyway. So, yeah, we'll, we'll sail in the beginning of November. Then it's nice to have a Dodger. Um, but it's we don't do so much as we do, you know, here during the summer, obviously. Just yet, anyhow, maybe another year after retirement. Maybe that's a different story. Um, but anyhow, yeah, those are, um, those are kind of what the things we're working on. I'm um, looking around in the boat now. I did replace the uh, the holding tank that goes from the toilet to the holding tank. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That hose, that old hose, it might have been in the, it might have been the original hose. I don't know. This is a 1986 boat, and it should have been changed out a long time ago because it, at some point the, the hose... With especially the old hose gets permeated with the smell of you know what and it was bad and i was really dreading it man i was putting it off i thought it's just going to be terrible and you know quite honestly it wasn't that awful bad i mean i had when we pulled the boat out in the um fall last year i ran a ton of water through the toilet into the holding tank and pumped it out so it was fairly well cleaned out you know you just put on a you know a, one of those white paper suits and some rubber gloves and you go to it and when you clean up whatever falls out 
And luckily, not a whole lot of stuff fell. I had a valve too. So, you know, at one point, you know, if you're in the right place at the right time and all that stuff, you can pump that stuff overboard, but not in, uh, not in the Chesapeake Bay and not in the continental United States, pretty sure. So uh, I had a valve as well, so we could, you could either pump it overboard or pump it to the holding tank. But I pulled that out, and I just threw the whole thing out. So now we go straight from the toilet to the holding tank, and, you know, it's worth the five bucks to pump the holding tank out. Save the bay, save the world. Peace and love and all that. So, yeah. Um, so that was, that was, yes, that's probably the biggest thing I did. I put a, a fan up in the, uh, up in the V-berth where we sleep. We have a couple of those little O2 fans uh, that work really well. I'm really, really happy with them, but I went ahead and bought another um, fan from West Marine uh, and stuck it up there. So, uh, you know, once it does really start getting warm here, we'll have some air running off the, uh, the house bank battery. Um, and I think that is about it as we twist and we turn on the mooring here uh, in the Northeast River as the wind continues to blow. Um, But anyhow, um, appreciate everybody that tunes into this. I know it's sporadic. Uh, That's pretty much how my life is. (laughs) But um, I hope it's some good content. Um, And, you know, go go out on the water, have some fun. Be careful, but have some fun. Watch those kids. Get them to wear their life jackets. Don't drink so much when you're out there <laughs> I guess that's uh, something anyhow but anyhow uh, yeah that's the end of this podcast and we'll check with you later God bless you may the good Lord take a liking to you and we'll talk to you again thanks <laughs>